0: Hi, I'm Dave Juskow. And I'm Alon Altman. And we just want to say that new episodes of Billy Joel A to Z come out every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple, Spotify, or
1: wherever you listen to your podcast. That's right, we're doing them all and in alphabetical order. Right here on Billy, Billy Joel, Joel A, A
2: to Z. Z. I play nights in the Spanish part of town. I got music in my hands. is hard to find, but that don't get me down, Rosalinda understands, crazy Latin dancing solo down in Harold Square. oh Havana, I've been searching for you everywhere,
1: Welcome to another episode of Billy Joel A to Z, as today we continue talking about Billy Joel's mom for some reason. Don't get confused. Although last week's episode was entitled Rosalinda, this episode is about the song Rosalinda's Eyes. This beautiful song is tucked away as the second track on side two of Billy's Grammy-winning sixth album entitled 52nd Street, which was released. October 11, 1978. This Latin style tune appears on no other albums and may have never been heard again unless Alan tells us differently regarding the live stats. So, that all being said, where will the rankings bring us today? And Alan, I don't mind telling you that there is a major diversity between the two. So, the question is who has it? Who ranked them high? And who ranked it low, as Paul Lawrence says in our song, Christopher Bonanos? What does he say out of 121 songs? Alon? All right, I'm going to guess
0: that Bonanos is the high guy, and it's probably going to be extremely high for because he's just a weirdo sometimes. But let me just say 22.
1: Excellent. No, 33. But you were your ever all your thinking was correct. then he says just about every male singer songwriter records a mom song. I I didn't know if that was true, but he says this is a good one. And he's absolutely right about that. Glenn Gamboa rates it at 89, which was, you know, much lower than I expected. And and he says Joel pays tribute to his mother's support with his touching ballad and his poetic jazzy flourishes. So I don't know why that's at 89. And the fans rank it probably where around it should be around 52.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I probably would put it in uh, more like that real halfway, which is like in the 60s, early 70s.
1: Well, I don't know a lot. Let me tell you something about this song and, and how I uh, how it affects me. And first of all, looking at that side two, now again, I don't know whether I'm sure I've heard until the night, but I'm waiting. <laughs> so I still don't know whether. So just like with this one. Okay, yes. As soon as I played it, I'm like, oh, my God, I've heard this song a hundred times. I just didn't know. It's kind of like Ain't No Crime. I'm like, wait a minute. That's Billy Joel? I don't know whether I knew it or not. But this side, too, of 52nd Street really is a whole hidden gem on itself, the entire side, stiletto, this song, uh, the half a mile away until the night. I mean, wow. And then the horrible 52nd Street. But what an interesting side of an album that is probably long forgotten since there's no real hits on it but this song really adds to that and this opening I must have heard I don't even I didn't even realize I think I hum this opening on a daily basis to myself and I didn't know it was Billy Joel just the do 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 that whole thing yep yep that's right Alon because I could swear. I could swear that in the late 70s very early 80s this song was used for every local advertisement out of long island that ever existed would you like me to play you some examples oh yeah haven't we met at coronet Let's get right to the point. These tuxedos are due back in half an hour. We're celebrating Coronet's phenomenal success. Thanks to you, Coronet has expanded its selection of cribs, playpens, and high chairs. Coronet, open seven days a week. I kept my promise, no talking orangutan.
2: 11-11, Old Country
1: Road, in Westbury. All right. (laughs) That's really it. Here's another one.
0: Hi, I'm Janine Puddock from Tiffany Scott Cadillac. My husband Ken and I believe quality,
2: service, and affordability go together, but you'll get it at the lowest possible price. Jeanine, you're about prices. Yes, Ken, I told them.
1: Tiffany Scott Cadillac, the largest Cadillac dealership on Long Island. <laughs> this is real. I don't know. No, I mean, you
0: put that in the background. Yeah, of it. But you,
1: but you I lied. promise you that those ads existed back then. I'm telling you, that's why I know the song so well or the opening, because they used it for advertisements all the time on the radio. I didn't even know it was a real song.
0: No way. It had to be something that sounded like it. Billy Joel would never just say, yeah, local advertisement can use my I don't store think- or whatever.
1: I don't think they thought of stuff like that back then, at least on the radio. On the radio. I don't I'm telling know, man. you, man. I'm telling you, that's why that song reminds me of it. Because how why would I think that? Why would I put those two together? Maybe it's just that sound, that organ
0: sound, whatever that piece playing there, the electric piano that you like, maybe that sound was so big in the 70s that other people had similar. No, it was used music. for
1: bumpers all the time. But I will tell you that that is such a good rhythm and beat and this song is special right
0: i like it a lot i don't know man I, it's maybe it's just it's too uh too latin flavored for me maybe it's not my style so much
1: i like it a lot i think it's really good and i mean i guess since we did rosalinda the other day boy i'm glad he waited to i mean if you are gonna make a song for your mommy uh, <laughs> <laughs> then make it a nice one you know what's even funnier is that when Rosalinda Joel died, uh, when was it? Recently, right? 2014, I think. 2014. Christy Brinkley wrote a glowing tribute to her and referenced the song, calling it her song. And I said, boy, Christy must feel like a dick since all she got was Christy Lee. When this is a real song, she must it must have heard her to say, well, I hope she enjoys her song. <laughs> Christy should have met Billy Joel a little bit earlier. Billy
0: in the 70s was good at writing these tributes to women. And then he got a little bit worse in the mid 80s,
1: apparently. But yeah, this is a, a really great song. And can you imagine like, you know, you, you, I mean, how could his mother not have loved it? It's it's so different than the one we heard where he's like, hope you're happy alone by the phone with nobody calling. You can't dance anymore, you whore.
0: You know. <laughs> and this one's about her dancing. So it's a little bit different.
1: I know. But isn't that funny? Like, like a Latin dancing and meeting her husband. And it's 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 very lovely.
0: It, it is a lovely song and it's a great tribute to her. I just wonder if she liked it at all, because I feel like Billy was really trying hard to get his mom's approval like so, so much. So first with Rosalinda, the first one we did last week, which uh, probably didn't go over that well with her. He never put it out or did anything with it. Then this song, he's like, oh, she's got to love this. It's about how my dad, you know, what he should have done for her when they were having a young romance. And she probably still was crabby about it in some way. And then finally, then we get Laura, where he's just like, this bitch. <laughs>
1: yeah. I hate my mom. It would have been better if he added in Laura, like, she didn't even like Rosalinda's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like this song. It's so good. It's so easy on the ears instead of the eyes to listen to and it you know it's my favorite kind of keyboard obviously and I just think it's a special song and I like it a lot and I just hadn't heard it obviously I've heard it before but I hadn't heard it in a long time and I really enjoy listening to it over and over again.
0: Yeah, I like the way the lyrics go. I like the uh, the way he sings it is really nice. The words like senorita and crazy Latin dancing. Everything has a nice rhythm to it.
1: Yeah, I like the lyrics. Oh, Havana, I've been searching for you everywhere. And though I'll never be there, I know what I would see there. I can always find my Cuban skies in Rosalinda's eyes. Great lyrics. Well, what I don't care for is the part with the flute. It's actually a recorder. That. It's not a oh, flute. Like, oh, that's even worse. The reco- You know who plays the recorder? David Tell. In his act, <laughs> I the love recorder when he does that stinks.
0: <laughs> well, everyone in New York City and maybe around the world gets this is like the first instrument you play in school. Like, did you have this? Did you have? The yes, recorder? of course
1: I did. I, I had to purchase one for, uh, right. you know, three dollars or something it's like that. the worst instrument there is. I didn't know it was a recorder. Why would he use a recorder in a beautiful song? I knew that part sucked for some reason. It kind of ruins the song. It's almost as bad as the French and set to <laughs>
0: It's funny. I mean, it's just I of all things to put in there. And this is you know, I guess this is jazz album, but is that even a jazzy instrument? I don't
1: know. So. It's awful a recorder. I would have preferred a flute, a flautist, yeah. clarinet,
0: maybe oboe. Anything,
1: anything, a piccolo. That's what the Beatles use. Isn't that what they use for Penny Lane? Isn't it some sort of piccolo? The Beatles also do
0: recorder in some songs. Shut up. See, now you're Led, Led Zeppelin why and he did stair- it. Stairway to Heaven. That has recorder in it. <sighs>
1: The recorder is the worst instrument. It's like using a kazoo, like anyone can play it. It's not even special. Yeah,
0: well, that's why they let like six year olds uh, learn it in school.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I wasn't good at it though. I could play. I guess Mary had a little lamb. That was all I really could do.
1: Yeah, that's all the tell can play when he does a stupid comedy thing with that <laughs> recorder. Okay, the only reason that recorder bit was funny with the telly goes. I'm sorry. Um, I'm having some trouble playing. I'm used to adults fighting while I'm playing this. or something. <laughs> that was the best line. Otherwise, I don't know why he continues with that record. I want to break it in half when I see it. <laughs> All right. So I have a very interesting tidbit to release to everyone. I don't know. I don't think you saw this. I don't know for sure. Okay. But there's an interesting story coming out of Tucson, Arizona, that this song is not about Billy Joel's mom. Really? Yes. So apparently, the uh, this this person said that this song may have references to his mother, but he did not write it about her. In 1977, this man, his name's Mark Van Buren, was working at the Shamrock Hilton in Houston, Texas. He worked at the front desk with an associate named Rosalinda, who had the most beautiful eyes. Billy Joel checked into the hotel and met Rosalinda and it was obvious he was so impressed with not only her eyes but the entire young lady long story short he wrote the song sent her a signed copy of the album and she showed it to this guy Mark so we th- he thinks and if i mean if he sent her a signed copy of the album after he checked out of the hotel could be about this woman where there's touches of the thing about his mom, but this is the one with the eyes. Cause I've seen Rosalinda Joel and her eyes ain't that great. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he got the eyes from this hot
0: check-in lady at the hotel named Rosalinda named Rosalinda. And, uh, and then he got this, the Cuban, this, all that kind of stuff about his dad and his mom. It could be a mixture. We do know so. though. See if, if he hadn't written the song Rosalinda before we might've said, Hey, he clearly changed her name to Rosalinda because of this lady at the hotel. But now we know that several years earlier he already was calling his mom Rosalinda in song. So at least the name part didn't come from this lady. It was just a coincidence.
1: Well, it's kind of a funny way to strike up a conversation too. And as long as we're talking about mother, I mean, if I met, let's face it, I mean, if I if I met a girl at the Hilton check encounter and she said her name was Rhoda, I'd be like, oh my gosh, my mother's name is Rhoda. Of course, that's never going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But it is funny for somebody like Billy Joel. and This girl's obviously beautiful. He goes, Hey, Mike, that's the same name as my mother. Hey, you're okay. You want to get drinks later? <laughs> you're a married
0: thing. man, Mr. Joel.
1: Oh, am I? <laughs> I? I had forgotten. I really can't stand my wife.
0: <laughs> so, you know, the story of all this, the, all the Cuban references are related to his dad emigrating to America. His family left Germany to flee the Nazis and then landed in Cuba for a while before they got to the U.S. And yeah. And so so I think when Billy says like, oh, Havana, I've been searching for you everywhere and no, I'll never be there. That's because, you know, no one can visit Cuba, right? Because there was the embargo or whatever's going on. You can't you can't visit Cuba. So he'll never be able to go back to this place that he was at in his childhood. But he's playing this Cuban music and kind of
1: was his up. dad playing in Cuba. Did he play in a band in Cuba at all? No,
0: no, he was a child then. So he wasn't. No,
1: no. Uh... no I know Billy Joe was a child. I'm asking about his dad.
0: Oh, no, his, his dad was, his a, dad child. was a
1: child. Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because I know it. The, the song is about a Cuban musician playing in a Puerto Rican band.
0: Yeah, he was either child or like a young, you know, teenager or something like in that kind of range. Because that would have been in the uh, late 30s when mm. he was there, and then Billy was born in 49. So maybe his dad was like 12 or 15 or something like that. Yes, that's when Havana was the
1: place to be. Yeah. With uh, Don Corleone. That's how did you know? I was just going to mention Godfather 2 and be like, Michael, we're bigger than U.S. steel. Let everybody see a piece of the cake. Smaller piece. Smaller piece. (laughs) I didn't want to say anything. But we finally 90 miles away from the U.S. We have a government that is interested in doing business. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. I've lost myself in The Godfather Part 2.
2: These are wonderful things that we've achieved in Havana, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. This kind of government knows how to help business, to encourage it. What I'm saying is that we have now what we have always needed, real partnership with the government, smaller piece. I feel like
0: every time you have a birthday party, you should make that line about the cake. I do. You do? Okay. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm always <laughs> accurate about my age. <laughs> smaller piece. I always say smaller <laughs> piece. That's uh, what I do. Also, um, so did you see the, did you listen to the demos?
0: Yeah, demos were pretty cool. Very different. One of them clearly unfinished. One of them very much finished, but just a little bit more uh,
1: Latin-y. Yeah, definitely got, a, I think on the first one, a definite Stevie Wonder kind of vibe to it. The first one with that with before the lat- the Latin part is put in, right?
0: Well, the first one definitely feels like Stevie Wonder because he's doing a lot of la la la's throughout oh, it because he has true. so few lyrics, right?
1: Yeah. So in that first one, which of course I love, you know, when when they they have placeholder lyrics, which I just think is the best. Obviously, I say that all the time because it is so cool to hear the process. But there is one point, and I don't know whether you heard it, and I don't even know whether. I heard it correctly. I heard it. You know what I'm about to say? I think so. God bless the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't crazy. He definitely did say that.
0: I had to go back and listen to it like three times. He definitely says it. It's the last line of the song. For some reason, he goes, God bless the Brooklyn Dodgers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Great. Because I'm like, wait, because remember last time I thought I heard cell phone when that would be an impossibility in 1973. So I thought maybe I was going crazy. Okay. God bless the Brooklyn Dodgers. La, 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 la. Yeah, that's great. All right, cool.
0: Well, that, that also something. is an impossibility in 73 because they were the L.A. Dodgers.
1: Well, he was uh, talking about the time previous that the Brooklyn Dodgers... I mean, he was making a song about Havana, you're saying, in the 30s or 40s or the 50s.
0: Yeah, so like his parents' romance, let's call that the 40s, or probably their good years. That's what this would be about. But I guess
1: he's saying, God bless the Brooklyn Dodgers as a, you know, a mythical, you know, because back, I mean, in the 50s, you know, he doesn't he mention... He mentions the Dodgers go into Los Angeles and we didn't start the fire. He's obsessed yeah. with the Dodgers. Right. He's like Brooklyn baseball.
0: <laughs> is that the line? Right.
1: No. Is that.
0: L.A. baseball. LA's California a- baseball. Is it
1: L.A. California baseball. Or, right. That's what it is. L.A.'s
0: got a new team. Uh, we'll yeah. get there one day. Right. Right. Will we? I think so. I'm not so sure. So, the thing about his placeholder lyrics is that they're so generic compared to what the song became. Like, you would never know this was a song at all about what the story was about his mom and his dad being together because it was really just like a generic love song. The few lyrics that he did have, it was just kind of like, when I'm feeling down, she makes me feel better. It could have been any other song that he's written. Yep. All he really had was the phrase, Rosalind's eyes.
1: All right. So, Alon, let me ask you then the ultimate question because we said it kind of in the beginning because the, It doesn't appear on any other album or anything, or any other tribute, or any of the recorded live performances. Does he play this live? We all right now don't start with me again and say he played it live a lot in 1978. I get that (laughs) 1979, but has he played it since since 1986, let's say?
0: The answer is no. Overall, he's played this 11 times and only on that 52nd Street tour. What so, did I just say? Sorry. But I, I got to
1: tell you, I got to no, tell you, I, I,
0: I, since 79, he has never played this song. We do have audio from a couple of different live versions, at least. And he did play it on that infamous Havana show. Uh, I don't see any audio from that, but it exists somewhere, I think.
1: When, when did he play in Havana?
0: It was this big thing. And actually, they're making a documentary about it now. Uh, oh. It was in 1979. It was Billy Joel oh. and some other CBS you know, record label stars who went down there. Uh, Stephen Stills was there, a bunch of other people. Billy Joel was kind of like the big draw. And then Elizabeth, his wife, made a big deal about them not filming his set. She like threw a, a big fit about it and it pissed everybody else off because it was going to be a big TV special. And then without Billy Joel's name on it, that never happened.
1: Now she's kind of right, because now the guy's been to Cuba and then he's been to Russia. What are we supposed to think about this? Commie? He's a commie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. So she was smart not to film that, you know, then he was like, well, I guess we can film this Russia one. I don't know. It's all pretty bad. Well, that, of course, that's after the wall came down. So and after Elizabeth was out of his
0: life. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Before the wall
0: came down, but it was after Elizabeth. So he could finally let his communism fly.
1: That's right. It was before the wall came down. Right. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? He could let his communism fly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's weird that this song never got played because he likes playing these rarities sometimes. And this seems like one that people like a lot. It's not, and when he, the live versions we have, it sounds really good. Like the band sounds just like the studio recording. It doesn't sound like it's difficult, but maybe the audience just wasn't into it. Maybe he didn't have the feeling for it.
1: Oh, I don't understand. It's, well, it's not an arena song. It's not an arena song, but it's too bad because can't deny. Alon, that we were talking about Roberta and this one. Like, uh, I, I would have no problem hearing both of those songs. Wouldn't it be fun to be at the concert and hear both of those songs, especially this one? If, if not anything, I can see Roberta, but this one, this one's great, it's really good.
0: I bet if a concert ever ends up being like on his mom's birthday, maybe that's never happened, but if something like that happened, maybe then he would be thinking about her and say, Hey, maybe we'll throw this song in.
1: Well, February was her 100th birthday, and he didn't play it then, so I guess that's it.
0: I mean the exact date.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Because otherwise, I'm not sure what else will get him to do this song. But he's like this with some of these songs. Half a mile away, 52nd Street, he's a little weird about.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Isn't that interesting?
0: Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me?
1: I do. And it's interesting since we were just talking about Rosalind Joel's, what would have been her 100th birthday. This past February of 2022, DiMaggio's Pizza gave out free pizza to celebrate what would have been Rosalind Joel's 100th birthday. The pizza shop is located in Long Island, of course, at a place made famous in scenes from an Italian restaurant where you can remember those days hanging out. Can you name the location in the song, Alan?
0: Is this location the village green?
1: It is. <laughs> yeah, it's a stupid little little place called the Village Green. I looked it up on the map. It's I don't I don't know whether that's the name of the town, but it's a little mini mall called the Village Green, and it might be a park next to it. And that is what he was talking about in the song scenes from an Italian restaurant and this pizza place that celebrated Rosalind Joel's hundredth birthday for some reason by giving out free pizza is located on the village green.
0: Wow. I didn't know that was a real place. I thought it was more of a generic term. Like maybe a lot of towns have a village green.
1: I, I actually thought he was talking about the West village somehow, but uh, yeah, no, it's a real place. I, so there we go. That is the ultimate in trivia question. I had no idea either, but Yes, it's right in Long Island. It's in Hicksville, everybody's favorite place. And, uh, you know, that that uh, commercial for DiMaggio's Pizza where they use the Rosalind's eyes as the bumper. It's <laughs> of <really> course. Good. <laughs> 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 Hello, I'm Lou DiMaggio from DiMaggio's Pizza. This Wednesday, we will celebrate Billy Joel's mother's birthday by giving out free pizza. Come celebrate the Piano Man's Mom on that day by hanging out with your friends at the Village Green. Thank you. And God bless the Brooklyn Dodgers. Alan, do you have a trivia question for me?
0: I do. And this one, I could say, is almost a Dave Juskow trivia. Now, that's what I'm talking about. All right. So we were talking about the recorder before, your favorite instrument. So my trivia question is what song used by your good friend, Sarah Silverman in her Jesus is magic special uses the recorder.
1: Is it a song by the band? Yes. Yes. What is that song? I know. I think that's the, cause I was doing one of the voices for that song. What was that song? Ah, I can't think of it. Wasn't she using the microphone to play out of her butt
0: or her vagina? One of those two.
1: Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's I've Seen All Good People. Oh, yes. I've Seen All Good People. That's right. Uh, when that show first started, I was doing the voice of the butt, I believe. <laughs> and I've Dave Jesko as people. the butt. Yeah. Yeah. When it was at the Zipper Theater, its first run. Pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So you're saying I've Seen All Good People actually has a, a recorder in the actual song by Yes.
0: Yeah, so, not, so that song is one of these like suites where it's got I've Seen All Good People is the opening and the ending and in the middle section is called Your Move and it's like got oh. chess imagery and in that Your Move section there's a recorder like all
1: throughout it Ugh, What is the matter with people?
2: Don't surround yourself with yourself
0: The recorder is the worst. The 70s were a crazy time.
1: I used to deliver a paper called The Recorder back in the 70s. Was it a
0: local uh, Jersey paper?
1: Yes. And also, I was in a play called The Night Thoreau Spent in Jail, which is about Henry David Thoreau. And I had to learn to play the recorder in the play. Was it hard? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know whether I ever got to belt out a tune because I just didn't care. Well, you
0: should we should all dust off our recorders and learn the solo to Rosalind's Eyes. Well, that
1: see now that's interesting. <laughs> Learning the solo to Rosalind's Eyes is at least better than Mary Has a Little Lamb. It doesn't even seem like it would be that hard. Maybe I'm
0: overconfident because I'm really not musical at all, but it doesn't seem like a complicated solo.
1: I could totally do it on the talk box. <laughs> I could whistle <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, i don't
1: like when you do it it's scary yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so weirdo on parody for Rosalinda's eyes it's called steve buscemi's eyes <laughs> excellent excellent funny okay Crazy circles, dark and sunken when I watch Fargo. Reservoir dogs and one season on The Sopranos. Looking like a vampire on the boardwalk empire. All these creepy weirdos come alive in Steve Buscemi's
2: eyes. Hey, now.
1: That was excellent. Thank you. I was kind of hoping for a Marty Feldman's Eyes parody, but no one knows who that is anymore. So uh, you did the right thing. (laughs) Damn your eyes. Too late. <laughs> or you could have done uh, Sammy Davis eyes.
0: Oh, yeah. That would have been funny.
1: No, no, it wasn't. Sammy. No. Oh, it's Betty Davis eyes of the song. I'm sorry. I think it was a was it Billy Crystal or some comedian that did Sammy Davis thighs. They're black and they're hairy. She's got Sammy Davis thighs.
0: It's got to be Billy Crystal, right? That was his I, big thing. I
1: don't know. <laughs> Betty Davis' eyes, Rosalinda's eyes, and Steve Buscemi's eyes. Well done. Thank you.
0: Well, folks, that was Rosalinda's eyes. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Would you like Dave to write a song about his mom, Rhoda? Obviously. <laughs> do, do your Rhoda real fast. Rhoda, Juskow, is a very big bitch. <laughs> Did you play the recorder in school? Would you have preferred a parody called Marty Feldman's Eyes? I would have.
2: Damn your eyes!
0: Too late. Is Dave crazy, or do you also remember hearing this song in local commercials? I'm a little crazy. And would you like us to investigate further about this supposed Rosalinda, who works at the Shamrock Hilton in Houston, Texas? <laughs> I hope she doesn't still work there <laughs> 50 Wait, years me. later.
2: <laughs>
0: Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.
2: Senorita. and are you everywhere?